0: A number of our shows recently have focused on how building product companies have pivoted because of COVID. But on today's show, we wanna have an honest and frankly, a not so polite conversation about the pinch that your customers are feeling right now. You're gonna hear from a retailer dealer who shares their frustrations and honest feedback about what is happening in the industry and how this is opening up opportunities for business to be stolen because manufacturers are missing one simple strategy in the current market. All right, let's get into the show.
1: Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth
2: Popnikolov.
0: All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, alongside my co-host, Beth Popnikolov. We've got a great show planned for you today. Beth, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I want to welcome our guest, TJ Shaheen. He is the Executive Vice President of Builders General Supply and has roughly 400 points of view to bring to us from all of the things that he's got going on. So TJ, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Beth. Thanks, Zach. First time, long time. Let's get started.
1: Let's do this. TJ, why don't you start by telling us a bit about what it is that you do at Builders General Supply and why exactly you have so many unique points of view to share with us today.
2: Thank you. Yeah, Executive Vice President of Builders General Supply. We were founded in 1931 and we're four generations later. So we have four LBM yards, retail centers, yards, uh, guys come out and pick their stuff up. We have two design centers and that's more of an intimate setting for the end user architects and sit down and really go over all of our displays pick out everything they want, anything black windows, white windows, rainbow windows, whatever you want, we got them. And then we also have the Millwork Yard up in North Jersey that we just acquired. And uh, it's been a great fit for us. And it allows us to be in that commercial space with metal jams, commercial doors, trim. It's, it's a great fit for us so far. So we're, we're looking forward to it. And uh, like I said, I'm happy to be here.
0: You know, as we were prepping for the show, TJ, one thing I mentioned to you that I was really excited about in terms of having you on was the fact that you've got a bunch of different vantage points for our listeners. You guys Own a a millwork yard. You own a retail component to your business. You have an interface with a lot of manufacturers, and you're in one of the biggest markets in the U.S., which is you know that New York, New Jersey market, which was hit really hard by COVID. And so I think you know to sum all that up, what I'm excited about to get your vantage point on is, and you have I think a pretty good vantage point of what's happening in the industry across the board not just from a manufacturer standpoint but you see retail you see residential construction you see commercial construction you see it in relationship to some hot markets as what we would call them. I'd love to get you know just your 30,000 foot view of how you think things are changing from your perspective and what that means for manufacturers in the space.
2: Yeah, so at 30,000 feet, here we go, hit the parachute. Yeah, for us, we're the densest state in the United States. Nine million people here in New Jersey, and then uh, we also have the Manhattan market. That's also a big part of our area. A lot of migration back and forth, especially during the summertime. So there's definitely no shortage of people here, right? And what, what is people, that that equals demand, right? You need people to have an economy. And for sure, we've been in a a fortunate spot where we're in an affluent area. There's always a lot of demand. But what we saw, you know, going back to the Ides of March when this all started, was a massive just hedgehog effect where. Suppliers, our customers, we didn't know what was going to go on, and the new term "essential business," as we kind of kicked around in that Bradley Hartman uh, earlier podcast we did in the year, it was kind of weird because we didn't know we're, we're going to have the doors open anymore. But we were allowed to continue. Our customers were allowed to continue as essential workers, and for us, that was that was a good sign. But still, just not knowing if we were going to be able to continue. But we we did, and now as we see going through the the last few months. Well, our manufacturers were predicting the same thing, that there was going to be a business stoppage, a business disruption. So what do they do? They shut down as well. They shut down their lines. And now, since we made it through, and now it's kind of coming out of the tunnel, so far as we see, Now there's been this all this pent-up demand. People have been sheltered in place for three to four months. They've been staring at those ugly cabinets, that deck that maybe might fall through or fall off the back of your house, and they want to replace all that. So now we have this massive surge into our showrooms, into our locations. And guess what, Zach? Guess what? You know what that means? If you can't supply because all of our manufacturers, right, they can't supply and we can't get the product out, it's like, all right what else is going to go wrong right we have the demand we can't get the supply they have the supply we can't get it out it's it's a seesaw effect and and what we're seeing is this rubber band sort of motion where it got pulled back and now we're snapping through and it's like all right well not everything's all equalized right now so it's kind of a, a lot of balls up in the air right now but you know, for us, we definitely saw it in Superstorm Sandy. That was probably our last biggest business dis- disruption mm-hmm. in the area that affect all of New Jersey and Manhattan as well. So we've been through it before. We were able to make some adjustments. And you know what? Nothing's boring in New Jersey, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a great state motto.
2: That's true. We're not the Garden State. Nothing's born here.
1: <laughs> Nothing's born in New Jersey.
0: So are, are you saying, if I'm reading between the lines, TJ, is are you saying that, you know, you're seeing a pent-up demand, as you mentioned, but you just frankly don't have the products or the manufacturers haven't been supplying it to you at the, at the level yep. that they need to? Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, for
2: sure. I mean, like one of our biggest treated suppliers, and it's up here, It is you can't find it, all right? It's, it's almost like a mythical figure. Everyone's calling around trying to get it. They can't get it. And a lot of that demand went out to, if you think about it, the outdoor dining that is now, mm-hmm. you have to have it. You can't Huge. eat indoors. So where are you going to get yeah. those tables from? Yeah. So a lot of that lumber went out, to supply those restaurants. And look, restaurants need it, right? They need that material because if they don't, they can't sit people outside, you know, they got another problem. But again, they're they're using plastic, they're using whatever they can do. I mean, I'm sure empty, you know, cardboard boxes to sit on, but that's really where a lot of the material went. And on top of that, for sure, they had to stop everything because again, they were preparing to say, you know what, if there is a business disruption, we got to get ahead of it. So we got to knock down these lines and just kind of go back to, you know, some of the places just kicked over and said, you know, we'll do maintenance. We'll just clean up the machines and, and get things going so when we can fire these things back up again, we'll be able to, you know, be a little bit more efficient, I guess. But, uh, you know, it is just what it is. You know, no one expected it. There's no script mm-hmm. for it. And, uh, you know, you're seeing it on both sides. But it's just so bizarre. It's like, all right, we finally have the demand, but we can't get the product. And if we get the product, oh, by the way, it's gonna be another 25% more expensive. I mean, the lumber market right now is going through the roof. So, you know, again, Nothing is like equal. There's no equilibrium, there, no, no like stable here. There's it's balls in the air bouncing all over the place like a lottery machine. TJ, what I find really interesting about this is like I've talked to a number
0: of manufacturers through COVID, and a good portion of them, at least the ones that I've been talking to, have told me they're like, we're trying not to shut down our line because we feel and we see that there's going to be this massive backlash of demand. Is there anybody that you work with specifically? And I mean, if I could put you on the spot, like, is there anybody that you see that's capitalizing on not shutting down their production now when other people were, they had the foresight to? Or are you saying everybody you've interfaced with paused in some capacity and you're feeling the pinch?
2: Yep, for sure. I can't really say, you know... (laughs) Man, I was even going on eBay and and trying to buy some things that we needed for our location. Man. And we still couldn't find stuff you're, there. You're, I mean. on you're on eBay. That yeah, is I mean, so we had, I mean, real. But I mean, just for our employees, right? Your internal customer. We needed sanitizer. We needed antibacterial soaps. You couldn't get it. I mean, obviously everyone knows like toilet paper you couldn't get. And I don't know what was going on with that. It's not a gastrointestinal thing that we're going through here. But anyway, so <laughs> just you couldn't find that type of thing. And then even with our plants that were able to normally supply what would happen is if they had some workers in their factories that were sick and affected they would automatically shut down the factory and this thing was so rampant in our area that it was almost one in two people were having it i mean it was it was that bad but you know if you think about it Factories sometimes, or by they're owned by they're, they're not a privately held company, right? So they might be owned by shareholders or whatever their, their outfit's going to be. But they look at that and they say, you know what, we got to do the right thing, and it's more of an optic thing. They said, you know what, if someone got sick, or we have COVID in our plants, we got to shut it down. We got to sanitize. That rate right there would bring people offline for four weeks. So right off the bat, everybody was coming out with disclaimers saying, look, if you want doors, you normally get them in a week. We might be at four weeks. Windows same thing. So, you know, we do a lot in windows, we do a lot in decking, we do a lot in lumber, and lumber's even really more difficult to really get your hands on because it's coming from the West Coast to the East Coast. So, you don't know what's happening in these different plants, what's going on these different locations that we use as suppliers. You only find out about it after the fact, when they said they're supposed to be here four weeks from now, and that's supposed to show up. And four weeks from now, the truck comes and nothing's on it. So you call back and they said, yeah, well, we had some issues with COVID. So that's kind of the fallback right now. Everything's related to COVID. You know, it's not my dog ate my homework anymore. It's like, oh, well, my daughter had COVID. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's an easy excuse, but f- for sure we we can't get anything normal lead times anymore right now. I can't think of one anyway.
1: I think it's really interesting what TJ's bringing up is like we've talked to so many people about how they've pivoted really because of social distancing requirements, but TJ's having to pivot because of supply chain which Mm. is the next that's like the next wave that we're hearing people talk about now is exactly and you're feeling it i would say tj before people have said that you're going to be feeling it which makes sense right like for all of the domino effect reasons that you've mentioned i'd like to talk about you're clearly a savvy guy because you're on ebay like sourcing materials (laughs) whatever it takes I'd like to talk about how you've had to like pivot, maybe pivot suppliers, pivot your messaging to your customers instead of being like, you're no longer able to be the, if you need it tomorrow, we can get it to you tomorrow. How are you having to position yourself with your customers to keep that business while making them wait longer? Because we all know people are not great at waiting, COVID or no COVID, I want my Amazon Prime package on my doorstep within 48 hours. Yeah, they're know. ruining it for everyone, That's on you. But <laughs> my expectations have been set as a modern day consumer. So maybe we can start there.
2: Yeah. So honey, can you go out and run and get me some milk? Yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. Oh, don't worry. I just took it on Amazon. I'll be here like in four hours. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, look, I mean, they're ruining it for everyone for sure. But for real, when you knew that you couldn't get stuff on Amazon, like I said, toilet paper or anything, that's when people to that, started
1: freaking out. That was like, like, wait a minute, oh, it's not on snap. Amazon anymore. Oh, the, oh it's, so it's real. It's real. Like,
2: get in the basement, okay? Because we're gonna have to ride this one out for a long time. This this stuff just got real. No, uh, with our customers, the best thing that we can do, and you cannot communicate enough. Um, we definitely moved to what happened was we had to shut down our showrooms just to again protect our frontline workers that were there at all of our locations, because again, we had product that needed to go to our customers. So what we did, we have an online chat feature. We also have different emails that we rang out and set up for everybody so that they could email. We have six sets of eyes on that inbox. We try to do a lot just to communicate that way and make it more electronically Easier for them, so when they did come in, everything was just set up for them in the yard. They could just pick it up, and we just basically tried to spoil our customer, knowing that we were all going through these tough times. We again, we didn't know if we were going to be open tomorrow, right? So we just kept winging it and, and making sure that we were taking care of our customer the best way that we could. So I think having the communication, but also allowing those communications to come into us. So if you were a customer and say if you're outside in the parking lot and you just realize that we weren't open inside to come in that we had signage. look, that's okay. Call the number. This is the email. every we got seven people on this email. We have a chat service. Just trying to give them everything that they could so they could stay in touch with us.
1: That's incredible.
0: TJ, talk us through the conversations that you're having with manufacturers right now. Granted, you have a supply chain issue. What does the conversation look like with manufacturers? Are they trying to push something to you? Are you outside of product? Are you asking for something else from them? Can you give us some insight into what you're seeing and what you're hearing from them?
2: It's it's definitely a frustrating time because what happens is when your customers are expecting something in that traditional time frame, let's say four to six weeks, and a truck shows up, at four to six weeks, and there's nothing on it, or we're not even being told that it's not coming in four to six weeks. And again, the truck just shows up. I and mean, this literally happened with a supplier of ours. And now it's eight weeks, still not here. So that customer at the end of the day is being told a story that we're, we're trying to be upfront and, and completely transparent. And when we're not really being told the right thing to us is where we get caught in a bind. And that's really what happens for us where I get stuck in the middle because then the customer wants to talk to an owner, right? So I'll be there. I'll pick up the phone. I say, all right, let me do some research. Let me find out what's going on. And when I can't get an answer, that's when I really start to get frustrated. And then I start to use relationships that I have with all of our main suppliers, because that's my job, right? I, I have great relationships with these suppliers. And when I pick up the phone, I call you, you know, it's we got a problem. Let's try to work this out and figure it out. Right. So and and for the most part, we can do that. Um, But right now, it's just been very frustrating because I think our suppliers' hands are tied. If you have somebody that's two-stepping the material, they have to deal with their supplier. Right. And it goes to them. Then it comes to us. Their hands are tied. So I don't know what really is truth versus what's not being so truthful but all i know is that i have to give my customer an answer and if i can't do that and i'm leaving my salesman in a lurch you know i feel like i'm not doing my job because mm. that's my job i gotta take care of my customer if i can't do that then i start getting really frustrated we just had an order to come th- through this morning that i got an email on my way in and the uh, lead time for something again, that's usually four weeks is now nine weeks, and they still can't give us an actual confirmed date. And I understand that, you know, that's a far time. I was like, nine weeks, why don't you just say eight, maybe 10? Everything's always rounded up in this industry. I don't know why nine, but, but in any event, that's the deal, right? So I get frustrated, I can't get answers, and we can't get product. I don't care what it is. And oh, by the way, like I said before, when it does come in, if it's a commodity product right now, it's going through the roof, it's another 25%. So whatever we paid then, four weeks from now, it's, it's a completely different level. So it's, it's definitely a frustrating time. We're, we're trying to manage all that. And, and again, customers want things right away or for expected lead times that they know that they've dealt with. Like for Anderson Windows, it's always four weeks. Um, and right now they're having to make those adjustments. So it's, it's tough. They got to schedule things out. They got to finish their jobs and I get it. But when we can't get it, I don't know. You know, it's just been a frustrating time. It's crazy that you have so much demand
0: and you literally have zero visibility is what it sounds like. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if I'm a manufacturer listening to this, what I'm hearing is I need to be really transparent and really honest with those I'm supplying to, you know, even if it's brutal and hard to hear, I can't deliver this to you until 10 weeks, whatever it is. If we can shift though, TJ, what I'd love to focus on, you know, you're talking a little bit about communication, how important that is from manufacturer to suppliers, to dealers and retailers. Can you give us some insight about where you think the industry is headed and what, Manufacturers need to be thinking about from a marketing and sales standpoint to continue to stay ahead because COVID, it hit us all. We weren't really aware of it. Like no one was really prepared. Now that we're in this current state, I'd love to hear your perspective on well, what do manufacturers need to be thinking about from a marketing standpoint and a sales standpoint in order to capitalize
2: on where the market is headed? As a retail supply company, We deal with the best manufacturers who have great relationships and they've always got our back. And we're we're the same way with our customers. It kind of just cascades down the, the way like that. And we're still in relationship business. And, you know, like I said before, I know that if I have a problem with a company that we're dealing with trying to get product, that I know that I can pick up the phone, right? So I think communication is key. But sometimes, you know, we talk about this electronic stuff and virtual Zoom all the time. You know, Pick up the phone. Let's go back to the old school. Pick up a phone and talk to somebody. You know, no more texting, no more emailing. Pick up the phone. When you have a situation and it needs to get resolved, you can see these emails going back and forth, back and forth, text message, back and forth, back and forth with your customer. Emails, email. Pick up the phone.
1: I love that. I love that. I love that. Who's doing AT&T this well? Commercial.
2: Who's doing a good job at this right now, TJ? Right now? Yeah. I Like my reps at Anderson are great right? So my, my Anderson Winter reps are great. I can pick up the phone and it's done. You know, they just take care of us and, and that relationship, you know, and that's, and that's the way it is. You know, I can pick up the phone. And that's really what it comes down to. When you're an owner of a company and stuff's boiling and you're into crisis mode with a customer over something, you need to be able to pick up the phone and talk to somebody as a manufacturer. So when we talk about where things need to be, transparency, relationships, yeah, it, this is a relationship business. And sometimes you just got to pick up the phone and talk to somebody.
1: I love that everyone is racking their brains trying to get so creative about like, how do we pivot? How do we reach our customers? How do we get more online, which obviously we endorse because we believe in digital marketing. But like, let's not overlook the technology that's right in front of us. Let's just pick up the phone.
2: No, absolutely. Because you know what? Digital marketing is, is great for a certain channel.
1: Do you mean all the channels? Because if you're going to be on our podcast, you have to believe that it's all of the It's
2: channels. all the channels. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm it's all the it's <laughs> channels but one. But it's it's really, it, it's a relationship business and you need to talk to somebody. And and, it, and it can't, we cannot understate that even a little bit because that, and especially now when you can't see somebody and you, yeah, you might be able to Zoom that's all well and good and that's fine. But you know what? When there's a fire, you're not going to say, all right, well, look, we'll set up a Zoom meeting for two weeks from now at 12 o'clock. I know it's a fire, but (laughs) trust me, it's still going to be burning. No, pick up the phone and talk to somebody right now. Talk to your customer or talk to your supplier, and that supplier better pick up the phone because I'm your customer. And if you're not picking up the phone, don't pick it up the next time I try to call because I'm not trying to call again.
1: This is the best. This is one of the best episodes we've ever done.
2: This is like a rant on building products and COVID. I'm obsessed with
1: it. I'm exactly. in the middle
2: of it. I am in the middle of it all, so I'm sorry if I sound frustrated. But you know what? No, that's don't what, be. You don't. Don't
0: you apologize? Don't back down, man. Well, this is great because I'm like I'm like TJ. Tell me about tactics and marketing. What to do? And you're like, you know, screw all of that. I just need people to be responsible. Just be real yeah, with me, for sure. I think that's great. I think it's really, gr- really great advice.
2: Because, you know, people can hide behind all this other stuff that's floating out there with, again, whether it's emailing or texting or or digital. And I'm, I'm not trying to bash this. I'm just saying what's real is hearing somebody on the other end of the line and you yeah. can hear their voice. You can hear the authenticity. You can hear the verbiage, they, everything that they're saying. And it just, it's an audible, sensory thing. And if you have a relationship with that supplier and you have a relationship with that customer, a lot gets settled a lot more quickly instead of going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like a, It's like a ping pong match with these emails.
1: I actually had an architect tell me one time that they choose their manufacturers based on how their reps behave on the phone. It's so like, I can tell, like, instead of emailing with the rep, I will call the rep because I can tell by their voice if they know what they're talking about or not, or if they're just like a farmed out salesperson.
2: Right. No, that's great.
1: Millennial architect, too, to be clear.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's wild. <laughs> to be clear. Just just. to, to be, be clear. clear. To be clear. To be clear, millennials do pick up the phone.
1: We do. We use, we know how to dial on everything.
2: I'm a Gen Xer, so it's okay. I'm a whole a space. There's not a lot of you. Yeah. There's not
1: a lot of you. No. You're
2: a rare breed. Yes, we are. Well, I knew that already before you said
1: <laughs> that. TJ, if we can pivot really quickly, before we let you go, I think it's important for our manufacturers to know or even, I guess, for anybody listening to know, what products do you see that are up and coming to soon be in demand? Like, if I'm a manufacturer for X product, I've got to get my supply chain figured out ASAP because I'm about to be the guy that TJ's calling, being like, what the heck is my lead time? Get it all together.
2: Yeah, I I think for sure, there's a lot of stuff going in with a smart home environment. I saw stuff like three, four years ago and... I just wondered how that could really drip down into our industry. Like the Oculus, uh, you know, people being able to see 3D design drawings being in their own kitchen or the siding on the exterior of their home. But, you know, it's definitely come a long way. But for sure, our industry, when it comes to that technology, really needs to ramp it up because I feel like we're maybe two to three steps or, or miles behind the rest of the industry. But yeah, for sure, I see that definitely coming into to demand for sure. Smart home items for sure and then outside of that you know still it's it's crazy with the decking these days I mean you get decking this spring and next spring they have like another bunch of 35 colors I don't know if they're working with Crayola but it seems like every six months they're coming out with like all these new colors and for you as a sales rep you're like all right well I sold you blue yeah but I just want to match blue well I got raspberry no it's not going to match all right well sorry Thanks for coming in. It's so they're always coming up with these different flavors. So that's they got to work that stuff out. But yeah, and then you got the railings that go along with it. The windows, we do a great job with windows as well, and you're seeing a lot of movement towards that composite material, not, not so much the wood and the vinyl on the outside, but more of a composite, like really straight lines and thin rails and styles that make a real modern look we're seeing over here in New Jersey. And I, I love that. I love, I love selling windows. Windows are great and big windows, big doors, right? If, if you guys read IBS a couple of years ago, I was standing, yeah, huge, right. I was standing in a tilt swing door, pivot door and I, I looked like I was like a little midget you know I was like this tall and, I, the, the, and, I'm, and I'm six foot tall I mean come on I couldn't even climb to the top of it the door was huge so you've seen a lot of that but you have to be in the right space you're not putting this in the middle of your yard looking at a hedge you got to have like that expansive view so a lot of big doors that are out there that's definitely a good movement for us and I don't know I'm sure there's a lot of other things but
1: it's good answers that's great everything is the answer
2: no oh, that's exactly one here TJ, this has been great. If
0: someone wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to reach out?
2: Just hit me up on my LinkedIn account. They'll
0: find me. That's great. We'll make sure we link to that as well in the show notes. But TJ, this has been awesome. Man, thank you so much for coming on the show. And for our listeners out there, if you found this content helpful, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Go to Venvio.com slash podcast. And until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Papiglav. Thanks, everybody.
1: You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikola. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast.
2: Thank you for listening.